Hey everybody, Andrea here. Welcome back to another episode of The Bind. As always, it is such a pleasure that I get to spend some more time with everybody and uh, just hopefully provoke a small part of your individual growth alongside of you. So I had to sit and wonder for a little while, okay, what direction feels right as far as the whole conversation about self-worth is concerned? Obviously, uh, we can talk about the idea of self-worth for days upon days. This is the ultimate question of uh, our place in the world. And it got me thinking about a session that I had in the past couple of weeks with an individual who um, is just in a pretty dark place right now based on circumstances. Um, you know, uh, I'm not 100% sure to like in what order these these podcasts are going to roll out, but to give you some context, we're right in the throes of fall of 2020 right now, and it's still the pandemic is going on. And if you are not working in the field of education, you should probably count yourself lucky because these individuals are just wearing themselves so thin, and they're in a time in their careers in which everybody's begging for some sort of consistency and um, predictability about the semester and nobody is getting that and nobody has answers for one another as far as how to proceed eloquently um, moving forward. So um, the individuals who are in the front lines of that are really struggling right now. So I'm talking to this individual who is battling with the self-identity piece that we keep talking about here in our podcast session and they are just beside themselves in the throes of a depressed mood because they're trying so hard to measure up in their workplace and their identity in that and then also try to maintain their identity in their personal life from their marriage to their uh, their immediate family like what where they were born from their parents and everything is just really coming to a head for this individual. And it made me think about the idea of bargaining. Bargaining with when we believe we will finally feel as though we are enough and we have arrived. And I really think that that can be quite a myth. And so I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, how do I make this a palpable story for individuals to understand that we have to be so careful when we start bargaining and assuming that if we accomplish A, B, and C, then we'll be good and our self-identity will no longer be a place that haunts us as individuals. And I do think that that is such a myth because when we start assuming external targets can determine the way we reflect on our inner self, our core identity, we are in big trouble. This made me think back to right when I first married uh, my husband, Jeff. In fact, it, the story actually begins a little bit before we got married. I moved up to northern Indiana to be with Jeff from Tennessee, and long story short, Jeff had a house. I had a house in Tennessee. I was obviously having to get ready and sell that house, and Jeff was living in, I mean, it was a very nice house. It was a bachelor pad. There's no nice way to say that and sugarcoat it. Like The, the house could not have sustained for individuals who were growing a family, and let's face it, I love real estate. There was a day that I was online, and I looked at uh, probably Realtor.com or Zillow or something like that. And I saw this house pop up and I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a gorgeous house. And uh, I ended up sending the message to Jeff 
And he's like, oh my gosh, that's such a nice house. It's such a great price. What's wrong with it? Long story short, nothing was wrong with it. It was just that it was a short sale house. This was during the time of the Great Recession. A lot of people unfortunately lost their houses. And uh, this house was one of those situations. We ended up putting in an offer. And this house was gorgeous. It, it is gorgeous. In fact, I still live in this house today. There's a whole story about like me not being able to part with leaving this house. It's beautiful. Four bedrooms great size. Um, and when we were first beginning our life together, it was too big for two people, but we knew for our, our life, we wanted to have a family. And so we would grow into it as time went on. So it was just the right deal, the right time. And, uh, the stars aligned with that. Well, I remember a day after Jeff and I are married and remember I used to be a teacher, so I'd have the summers off. And I think that there was like a morning that I was sitting in my living room, just having my cup of coffee. And I started looking around at the walls and the ceiling in the living room. And I said to myself, oh, like when I get my new house, it's going to have a vaulted ceiling in the living room. And I want my kitchen to be different in these kind of ways. And in that moment, I was overcome with this feeling. And like I said, I'm a spiritual person. And so I do believe that it was God and I having a conversation. And God just very pointedly um, showed me, Andrea, if you're not content in what you have today, what makes you think that when you get to the place that you're fantasizing about, you're actually going to be happy when you're there either? It's a myth. And I really had to reflect on that because I remembered. I didn't share with you all the details to which I really pushed to have the house. Uh, and I didn't push like in a way that it was like I wasn't manipulating Jeff or anything, but I was so for this house and so confident about this house being our first family house as a married couple. It was just the most beautiful place to me. And then all of a sudden I'm in there and I'm finding myself discontent and fantasizing about what my next property is going to look like. I had a real issue with learning how to accept the joy in the presence of where I am. And there was there was nothing happening in my life that was necessitating the need to get out of a place like there wasn't anything negative going on. Um, I wasn't in the midst of a tragedy or a trauma. It was just life. I was just in life. And here I was in life with all of these opportunities to surround myself in contentment and joy. And I stirred up discontent. I had to get myself in check because I ran the risk of never being able to catch up with the concept of enough. I was creating a target so far in front of me, which was my future, that I couldn't relish in the presence of what my life was presenting to me. And I think that this is often the case with so many of us. I think we fantasize so much about who we will become in our careers, who we will be as spouses or partners, who we're going to be as parents, that we, we don't even know the art of pausing and soaking up the sacred present moment that we're offered. I have with, with my kids, it's right, like we're always propelling forward. We're people in motion. We're workers. We kind of project out goals and things like that. And it, it was such a good lesson for me to learn with my house here in Indiana that it is enough. And, you know, frankly, if I can learn to accept enough here and now, 
I can actually live quite contently in the just the peace I have in knowing, well, you know what, like, my mortgage is paid without the fear that it's not going to be paid. And we're comfortable in that. And we're, we're taking the steps to save well to create this nice um, degree of comfort in our lifestyle, like we're accomplishing our goals. And we're so disciplined in it. And we're not trying so hard to be somewhere else that we're losing sight of the present moment. And so let's fast forward to the part of me that is a mom. As my children were in their youngest years, so infant toddler stage, when when the kids get to the toddler stage, it's really fun because they're starting to um, cognitively comprehend who you are and what their relationship with you represents for them and you get to see what it represents for you and you just get to have these really cool opportunities where you get to pause with your children and just soak up their presence and let them soak up your presence. Well, as my kids were in that toddler uh, infant stage, I was also cultivating the growth of my my professional career. And so there would be times where I would have this um this like stirring pro- like stirring propel that made me like fantasize about okay when I get here in my career and when I cultivate this in my career and I remember one day I was just sitting with my son we were watching a cartoon or something like that it was the end of the day and um, we have this couch that if you we have this couch that if you pull out the um, lower part of it it can actually become more like a full-sized bed so it's a couch but uh, it's an Ikea thing. So if you know Ikea, you know like, okay, yeah, they, they do these like crazy awesome things that like maneuver things into crazy things like MacGyver. But uh, long story short, we're sitting on this couch, our legs are folded out, and I just look over at my son and he's sitting to my right and I just notice his tiny toes. I had to pause myself and remember like the climb, the journey to where I desire to go is a beautiful thing. But I will have so much opportunity to promote growth in my career. And right now, I just really want to enjoy these tiny toes. Because where my career is something that doesn't necessarily have to leave me, my child is something that by the very nature of him being a human and my daughter being a human, that they're going to continue to grow into their adulthood and there's going to be a part of my life that whether I want to or not, I have to let go of. And so why would I want to propel myself away from this place where I just enjoy the sacredness of their smallness? And yes, I'm not going to deny some of you are over there cringing like, oh, these times are so hard. And yes, they absolutely are. I don't disagree with that. There are some days, well, you guys have heard the podcast. I've been raw with you. There are some days that are just really hard and we want to get away from them but what we get to have in these moments if we are passionately pursuing our lives with our families if that's a part of our value sets then there is also a lot of opportunity for great joy and laughter that gets to happen here and we'll never get it like this again and so it's we have all of these reminders around us that time is sacred and time is not a renewable resource. We continue to move beyond our present moment. Present moments transition every ounce of our day. 
And if we're not careful, if we don't shift the balance between who we desire to be and where we're sitting right now, if who we are right now is not good enough and we're going to continue to fantasize about who we are in the future, we're going to find ourselves in the midst of a place we've never been before and we don't have the map that tells us where we're actually headed. And so we get into big trouble doing that. So what I want to say today, as we work on this piece of self-worth, and um, I, I do think that the pandemic is a time in which we are all fantasizing about not being here. But at the same time, I am reflecting on this reality that as I desire to be away from this chaos that makes no sense to me. Like some days I'm like, oh, okay, like this is making sense to me. And other days I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm losing so much of what made sense to me in my life. I'm losing so much of the comforts that I could rely on, um, the the freedoms that I never thought that I needed before. All of a sudden, I'm finding myself trying to fight to hold on to those freedoms and they're slowly slipping away from me and I'm leaning into surrender. And then just when I think I've gotten comfortable with the surrenders I've had to make, a new change hits and that heaviness sinks in and it just feels like it's a place I'm never going to get out of. And so my mind wants to propel me further into the future. And all the while, it's like I recognize the things that would be left behind. And there's grief there. I think that this is an excellent metaphor for so much of our life. This individual that I'm doing this work with is in a major transition of life. Not only are they trying to cultivate their career as a young individual who is fairly certain that they found the right fit for them career-wise, but there's also all of these other transitions taking place that are really challenging this person to question, what is it about me? Why do I feel like I suck so bad and I am letting everyone down? She's just falling captive to that and continues to fantasize about this place out there in the future where she's reached her personal utopia of perfection and people will, her family members will accept her for her identity. Her work colleagues will accept her for her identity. Her church community will accept her for her identity. And here she is talking to her therapist in tears saying, nobody gets me. And I feel like I am failing everybody. And so then this individual just assumes that if they start cultivating things that can better accommodate the other people in their life, then they will finally get to this place where they feel like they are enough. And what I want to encourage people to do, I think that we all tend to do this, right? Like this is why we mask ourselves. This is why in our church groups, when we go to our mom groups or we go to our Bible studies that um, we we put on the smiles and we laugh at, you know, the, the things that are funny and we keep silent about the things that are really haunting us because we just want people to leave us alone and assume that everything is good and perfect and we've got it together. And so that way then we can go and we can cultivate that perfect self and make them more real 
and we just keep projecting into our future. Like our bodies are the house that I was talking about. Our bodies are the thing where we're sitting in the living room staring and assuming the things that need to be different in order to make it acceptable. We are in trouble when we do this. What is acceptable about who you are today? And if you can't find anything, I want to know what's horrible about who you are today. Because you know what? You can't, you, you are a uniquely made individual. You cannot possibly accommodate the comforts of those that you care about. You can care well for the people that you love, that you want to be part of your life and your community. But you also have to set the boundaries that do not allow your integrity to be on the line simply because there are areas of your life in which you and another individual no longer align. For the individuals who are transitioning out of their uh, childhood into their young adulthood, that is a huge place where you can recognize this happening because you have your parents who their identity has always been to parent you. Well, when you become an adult, there, there has to be that, that setting free. You can't keep under the wing of your parents. There has to be the freedom and the permission for you to autonomously discover what it is about your life that aligns with your identity and your wellness. And sometimes with that comes loss and um, it's like a war because you are, you're trying to fight for the maintenance of the connection that you don't want to lose, but you're also trying desperately to fight for your permission to hold autonomy in the way you desire to walk moving forward. And this is such a painful process. And with our careers, I think most people struggle in their careers because we oftentimes do want to do a very good job in our professional life. But what happens is, is we're trying to find our own identity in the midst of trying really hard not to let other people down. And if you can imagine, if you just separate yourself from it for a second, imagine how hard that is. You can't 100% cultivate exactly what your coworkers or colleagues need when you're also trying to identify your own roots and what's going to water those roots and help that grow. And sometimes people like jealousy sinks in and... Um, you know, fears take over our sense of security. And so then wars break out within work systems. And in all of this, like it all comes to a head. And so then what we do is we stir in it and we say, what's wrong with me? How can I work on me? And so what I want for you to notice is that that is going to get you in deep trouble unless you can find a way to take that captive and really let yourself sit in a place of peace where you presently are. Accept that today you don't necessarily have the answers, but that you are walking to discern those answers. We don't get right now. The internet has done us a terrible disservice in which we assume that our journeys are instantaneously appeased so we know what to expect. We do not get that privilege. All of us is subject to walk in our life with the hope and the discipline that we are going to end up where we desire to be. 
Um, but we have to have some grace in that. If we have to accept that sometimes shifts come along, we have to accept that sometimes we have to slow ourselves down, even though we're propelling forward. If you're trying so hard to live for the future, you're missing out on a whole lot of life that can be presently embraced. And so as you go on this journey of self-worth that we continue to talk about, what I want for you to think about is, have you been embracing the gift of self-reflection to ask, in what ways have I said that this life that I'm living is not enough? Or in what ways has it felt like other parts of who I am is telling me I'm not enough, whether it's my job, whether it's my relationship with my partner, my spouse, whether it's my relationship with family members like parents or siblings, in what ways do I hear that I am not enough? And am I willing to reflect and ask if that's actually true? Or if I'm caught in the dance of not being enough, when all along what's in front of me, what's cultivated right here, right now is quite beautiful. I'm just, I'm looking in the wrong direction at the wrong thing. Maybe I need to put on some glasses so I can see more clearly. And so that's what today is about. Today is about that self-reflective piece of learning not to bargain with yourself of, if I'm in that place, then I will feel. No, if you are in this place feeling this way, you can assume that when you get to that place, you're still going to feel the same way because you're training your body how to have an experience and what the core of your experiences are. Let's see if you have the, um, that ability to try to cultivate that place of peace and acceptance for what your life is offering you here and now and try to transition those negative thoughts into neutral thoughts. I hope that today's session spoke to some of you and I'm sure that I'm sure it's provoked questions for you and um, some of you might have these negative tastes in your mouth and just know if that's happening for you, that's not a bad thing. The idea of processing isn't to reach a place of 100% peace and perfection in what you hear. It's learning how to hear your mind and your body telling you something, your mind, your body, your spirit, telling you something, and then being willing to get curious and say, why am I having this response to it? As you go on this journey, be brave enough to understand and accept that it's not about perfection. It's about process. And sometimes process can be painful. And sometimes it can be joyful. And sometimes it's just neutral. And so I want for you to sit in that and individualize it and question where you are at the sacredly individual level and ask yourself, what is the house that I'm wanting to be different? Where are the tiny toes in my life? What do I want to be so here right now in this moment? Like I don't want it to slip away from me and just notice how you feel in that. I hope that you all have an amazing week and uh, we'll be back again in another week to keep pushing on this whole journey of self, self-worth and identity and tribes and how it all comes together and crashes together for the sacred, beautiful individual self. Have a great week. Be well, everybody. Thank you for listening.